0: Living at the Amaravati is not a very physically demanding place. Temperatures are quite mild here in the spring as it's getting underway. We don't have to climb any steep hills to get here to the temple or climb down steep hills. It's not 30 below zero, like at uh, places like Arrow River Monastery or Birken in Canada, or 35, 40 degrees Celsius, 90% humidity in Thailand. It's very benign. None of us have to walk very far. It's not like a half mile or a mile long trek in from the forest to get to the temple. furthest distance I think is from Hartwood House, two or three hundred meters down the road. So unless we have some kind of an injury or pain in the body, the environment that we're in doesn't call attention to the body or cause us to exert ourselves a lot. The attention is not compelled to go to the body because of having to deal with extremes of temperature or effort, distance and so on. So because of this, it's very easy for us to live in our heads. Again, unless we have some kind of an injury to our knee or to our back or something that brings the attention to a painful spot in the body, we forget the body and easily live in the world of our mental activity, mental creations. Our anxieties, our memories, our moods, our plans. The inner chatter, just the steady narrative of the thinking mind chattering away. It's good to consider this, to uh, to see how easy it is to live just in the the world of our mental creations, and see the results of that. If the attention just stays with the mental world, what happens? Creating the past, creating the future, fearing, longing, hoping, regretting, opinionating getting drawn into moods and the way the mind labels events, other people, creating past and future. So in in an environment like this, it's almost more important than usual to consciously bring attention to the body developing mindfulness of the body because the environment doesn't compel it having not having to deal with being bitten by mosquitoes all the time or being dripping with sweat or freezing cold climbing steep hills in the dark so It's important for us to make the effort to notice the body, to feel its presence. Consciously incline towards that appreciation. Here is the body, it feels like this. Our feet, our ankles, our legs, the hip joints, the pelvis, the spine, the abdomen, our organs, the chest, our arms and hands. Neck and shoulders, our face, our head. Feeling the presence of the body as we sit here. The sitting posture as we walk around, standing, lying down. To cultivate consciously the body as a reference point. Particularly in sitting meditation, it's very easy for us to come here into the temple or wherever we are gathered, to, to sit down. And even as we're sitting, for the mind to be chattering away, our attention caught up in our flow of thinking. Closing our eyes, crossing our legs, or sitting on the chair or stool. Hardly even noticing what the body's doing and just carried away into our mental world. Maybe the mental narrative about practicing meditation, dealing with our thoughts uh, and uh, wanting to focus and so on, but oblivious, unaware of what the body is doing, how it's feeling, how the body is being held Because of this, it's it's uh, very valuable, important to incline away from that the habit of attending just to the mental realm, the conceptual realm, thoughts and judgments in the mental realm, to feel the presence of the body, mindfulness of the body, the mind, the heart, full of its perceptions of the body. particularly when we sit down for a a period of meditation like this, deliberately bring the attention into the body, feel its presence. First of all, not trying to do anything with it at, at all, not trying to straighten it or make it be a certain way, but just feel it, know it. This is the texture the sensations of the body, as it is right now. And bringing awareness, bringing mindfulness to the body, then let that mindful awareness have its effect. Knowing the body, feeling its presence, let that awareness have its effect in being conducive to a balancing of energy and relaxation. bringing attention into the body rather than having the thought I should sit up straight as some kind of command from the central controller let the awareness have its effect And so if you notice that the body is is slouched feeling the spine straighten inviting it to to extend to its full, comfortable, natural limit. The effect of that awareness, that mindfulness of the body is to help to arouse energy, alertness. Feeling the body straighten, growing, the spine extending to its comfortable, natural limit. And then the rest of the body, relaxing around that. A settling, an easing of the body. And we can deliberately work with this, develop it, sweeping the attention steadily through the body, with the spine as the central axis. Let the rest of the body relax around that. Feeling the muscles of the face and the neck, Letting them loosen and soften. Letting the shoulders relax and drop. Your arms and your hands. Letting your chest be a little more open. Letting your stomach, the abdomen, soften and spread. Notice any kind of tension or tightness there in the solar plexus and the abdomen let it loosen, soften. Feeling the presence of the whole body through our pelvis, our thighs, knees, all the way down to our ankles and our feet. Giving yourself a few minutes, 510 minutes, at least at the beginning of every sitting, to fully, completely know the body. Let the mind be full of the body. Mindfulness of the body. So there's an establishment of energy and relaxation here on the physical level, guided and energized by awareness. So it's not me trying to be relaxed or me trying to sit up straight, but rather letting that quality of awareness have its natural effect on the living system, on the physical system. Get to know that, that balanced quality, how there can be both alertness, energy, brightness, and also relaxation, softness, how they work together. They don't argue with each other. they're an integrated whole. Just like for a tree, has the firmness and strength of the trunk that stands up, holds the branches into the air, but also has flexibility, it bends in the wind. The branches, the twigs, they bend in the wind. If they didn't bend, they would break. So in exactly the same way, our body has flexibility, softness, and strength. bringing attention into the body, feeling it, getting to know how those qualities can be balanced and integrated. And the more that that balance of energy and relaxation is established in the body, then that directly influences the qualities of the mind. So that then picking up the meditation objects, the flow of the breath, or listening to the nada sound, or whatever meditation object we might choose. And that same balance of energy and relaxation is brought to working with the mental world, functions in exactly the same way. So the energy in the body, the alertness in the body, supports brightness, alertness in the mental realm. The relaxation, the ease in the body, supports the quality of of relaxation, easefulness in the mental world also, calmness, settledness, collectedness. Developing mindfulness of the body is also a guaranteed way of helping the attention to rest with the reality of the present. The body is always here and now, absolutely. It never wanders anywhere else. In our thoughts and our imagination, we can create images of the past and go and occupy them. Ideas about the future, plans, we can conjure those up and go off and live in a imagined future get absorbed in that. But the body never wanders from the Pachupana Dhamma, from the here and now reality. It never goes anywhere, it's always absolutely here. So mindfulness of the body is a guaranteed way to key the attention into the reality of the present, the reality of the Dhamma itself. The Buddha said in the the very first sutta of the connected discourses about the unconditioned, the asankata saṅgyutta, said, I'll teach you the unconditioned and the way leading to the unconditioned. What is the way leading to the unconditioned? Mindfulness directed towards the body. So even though the body is very much a conditioned thing, born, held together, Constantly integrating and disintegrating, very much the conditioned process. The mindfulness directed to the body is a way to the realization of the unconditioned. By bringing attention, grounding the attention here in this present reality. That very awareness, steady, unwavering, attuned to the reality of the present, that's the gateway to the unconditioned. That very awareness established in the present. sanditiko, apparent here and now, ever-present, akaliko, timeless. Also, the mindfulness of the body is a powerful reference point to the habits of distraction. The Buddha gave this very compelling and slightly crazy uh, analogy of the six animals. He said, uh, if you imagine tying together a snake, a bird, a monkey, a crocodile, a jackal and a a dog, what would happen? It's a very weird analogy, but it's weird enough to get our attention. If they were all tied together, what would happen? The Buddha said, well, whichever one had the greatest impulse or the greatest strength, they would pull in that direction and drag the rest of them along with it. The crocodile wants to get into the river, snake wants to get into the anthill, the bird wants to fly into the air, monkey wants to jump up into the trees, the dog wants to go to the village, and the jackal wants to go to the charnel ground. It's a great tangled mess of claws and fur and scales and confusion. He said, but if you take a a, a large pillar, pound the pillar into the ground and then each of the six animals is tied to that pillar, rather than tied to each other, then each one might pull against the, the pillar, but after a while it gets tired and, and settles down because it, it, can't, uh, it can't escape, can't get away from that pillar. He said mindfulness directed towards the body is what the pillar symbolizes, and the six animals you know, the bird, the snake, the crocodile, the monkey, the jackal, and the dog, they represent the six senses. So, if your habit is being compelled to follow what you see, or what you think, what you taste, what you smell, or you touch, whichever sense is dominating, mindfulness directed towards the body helps the mind not to get. Absorbed in that sense contact, doesn't get carried away with it, particularly with the mental world. It's probably the crocodile in the in the analogy, the, the biggest and the strongest of the whole crowd. Mindfulness directed to the body is like this firm, solid pillar that helps the habits of attachment to the sense world and the thinking mind to settle, to be integrated. It's always here, never goes away. So as we continue with this uh, two weeks of group practice together, a lot of formal practice in each other's company, use the mindfulness of the body, develop that. Here, as we sit, As we get up and walk, do walking meditation, informal times, coming and going, the body's ever-present. Use it. Recollect it. Feel it. What's the body doing in the present moment? Is it tense and tight? Let the awareness bring about a relaxation, a softening. Is it slouched and slumped? Let the awareness help it to energize, straighten up, brighten. So we're aware of the body, developing mindfulness of the body, but not working with it from an I should, I must, I want to position of bhavatanna, vibhavatanna, becoming, but rather letting a quality of mindful awareness, awakened awareness, have its natural effect. So then these two, mindfulness of the body and the quality of awareness, they work together. Keeping the attention grounded here in the present reality and training the heart to work with this life from a basis of mindfulness and wisdom. Attunement to Dhamma rather than bhavatanna vi the habits of becoming based on self-view.